With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. It's a great football team with a lot of moral fiber and a lot of character and they showed it. Shout, a Buffalo football podcast hosted by Matt Perino and Ryan Talbot. No place else you'd rather be than right here, right now. When it's too tough for them, it's just right. Presented by Syracuse.com and NYUP.com. The Bills make me wanna. Bills Mafia, what is up? It is Tuesday afternoon. Feeling real good to have Mr. Ryan Talbot back. In the pilot seat, the cold pilot seat. I don't know how I'd really refer to that there, but uh, it's good to see you, my friend. This is the Shout Buffalo Bills football podcast brought to you by Tops Friendly Markets, your neighborhood store with more. And Tops Fresh Burger Bar, if you haven't heard, with over 30 varieties of beef, turkey, chicken, plant-based, and gourmet blend burgers ready to grill, Tops Fresh Burger Bar has you smiling all summer long. Ryan Talbot, how are you, my friend? Hey, I'm doing great. Uh, thanks for running the show without me yesterday. Uh, my son had a great ninth birthday, and thank you for the well wishes. I saw a few people in the comments. I saw you on the video, Matt, so glad to be back, though. It is good to have you back, and we got a, uh, a new batch of observations to dive into on this uh, Tuesday afternoon. The Bills practice today. A little rain at the start. Sean McDermott came out in practice, and um had shorts on and usually he's got the long pants on and the bucket hat but he was ready for the rain and then the rain stopped and so he went back inside put the pants back on and came back out to finish coaching practice but it was a run heavy day uh we're gonna get into some of the nice performances but i'm sure you've started to comb through um what's been you know reported so far today what stood out to you ryan well, I think it's the run game itself, Matt, because it seems like every day that we're talking about this offense, it's the passing game. It's what Josh Allen did. It's what Stefan Diggs did, Gabe Davis, Jake Kumaro. And, you know, Kumaro especially had a nice day today as well. We can get to that. But the run game has been pretty quiet. It was pretty quiet at the scrimmage on Saturday. So it's nice to hear that they're starting to really focus in and, and dive in on that run game a little bit because it is going to be an important part to this offense. Obviously, they're still going to be a very pass-heavy team. But if they can get positive yards on the ground, it's going to make life that much easier for Josh Allen and company. So tell us a little bit about the day that Devin Singletary and Matt Breida had, Matt. Yeah, it was... Um 
all Devin Singletary and Matt Breida really today that that stood out, and I and I featured them in my observation story, which you can go read Syracuse.com and NewYorkUpstate.com. Zach Moss started the practice and then he left. Uh, he, he wasn't anywhere to be found during team drills, which obviously uh, leaves with a guy out of the mix. It's going to be more opportunities for everybody else, and I feel like Devin Singletary really um, showcased what he can do. He reminded everybody a little bit. Just who the heck he is. I mean, you think back to his rookie year, Ryan. This is a guy that we you know we've covered on this podcast multiple times. He, he had vision. He had you know bounce bounce ability in the hole off tacklers. I I really appreciated that as a smaller stature back. What we saw from him as a rookie, I thought was really encouraging. And you know, last year, you know the the yards per carry dipped a little bit, but I still think there's a lot to like about Devin Singletary's game. And I think we saw that on display on the practice field today. Did a lot of damage in between the tackles. He was patient. He used that vision that we talked about. And we're continuing to see the explosion from him, which I think is important this time of year. He's coming in, you know, a souped up version of, of, of himself. We've all seen the, the really cool, uh, you know, uh, body shots of him where he's basically showcasing the work he's done in the training room this, this offseason. And that's important too, you know, knowing that the dedication he is maybe a little bit more durable that he'll be this year because – Talk about Zach Moss not being able to stay healthy, you know, not only with the Bills, but in college at Utah. You know, Devin Singletary's had a, a little bit of an inch, uh, injury issue as well over the course of his career. Just cons- keeping some of the nagging stuff out of the equation. So really nice day for him. One run in particular, he saw a really nice hole and bounced off a couple of tacklers. It wasn't a live portion of practice, but they definitely were out there looking to uh, thud up. Uh, in, in a very uh, significant way. So I think this was a good practice, good, uh, you know, hard-nosed practice a couple days before the uh, preseason game on Friday. Also, Matt Breida. I, you know, we've talked about his his speed a few times during these uh, shows after practice, and the speed was on display today. He got a chance to to really mix it up today. And it's funny, we'll get into the offensive line, defensive line over the course of – a pretty long practice. I mean, they started at 10. They went, they finished almost at like 12, 15, which is the longest practice that they've had during camp. And uh, there's a lot to dive into on those battles. But I thought from a run blocking perspective, consistently across the line, there was some really good moments. I think that, um, you know, most of it came behind uh, Cody Ford, who had, who did a really good job, I think, in the run game, Mitch Morse uh, and Daryl Williams. Uh, really stood out in, in terms of one-on-one matchups that helped, you know, lead to some big runs. Yeah, it sounds like a big day for Singletary first and foremost. Like you said, as a rookie, uh, ended up tying for the league lead in yards per carry with Derrick Henry, obviously significantly less carries there. So we did see flashes of what he could do as a runner. The other area where Devin Singletary has become very solid is in pass protection, picking up those blockers. And, and, even if he's struggling on the ground, that's one reason why the Bills will have him on the field from time to time is he picks up those blocks if there's someone coming in at Josh Allen. He's been pretty consistent at that. He's bulked up this offseason, so he should be even better. But it's good to hear that he's doing well on the ground because, like you said, Zach Moss injured his hamstring today. So there's a good chance we're going to see Singletary in action on Friday. Uh, Sean McDermott kind of said, you know, we're kind of working our way through the process, who's going to play, who's not. 
you're probably going to have to see Singletary a little bit, Breed a little bit, Antonio Williams, and then obviously Christian Wade. They, they've got to mix it up somewhat and, and get these back some reps that I think can be very valuable leading up to the regular season. We know how good this passing offense can be. Don't play Josh Allen at all in this game, in my opinion. Uh, if Deion Dawkins is out, don't play Josh. It's that simple. We know this passing game will come out firing this year, just like it did last year without any preseason. But really work on establishing that run. Let Singletary start to get into some kind of groove. Let it be Breida. Let them kind of work on their game so that we come week one, the Bills, despite being more pass-heavy, can also have some balance in terms of that successful run game. Uh, as for Cody Ford, you know we've talked about him quite a bit. It sounds like he is firmly establishing himself as – uh, the favorite, I guess, is the best way to put it, to start on that offensive line. Ike Butker's not going to go away cry, uh, quietly, but Ford is really putting together a nice camp. Good for him after some of the injuries that he sustained early in his career to come back this year and really look focused on his game. Yeah, it's early in the process, right? I mean, he's still kind of trying to, as Sean McDermott loves to say, stack good days on good days. And every day that he goes out there, he gets a win. It's a good thing. I thought that, you know, one play in particular in um, one-on-ones, and we'll get more into those later. I can kind of open up the notebook. And that's the cool thing about watching the show is that you're going to get a little bit more insight than you will or just reading the observation piece. Uh, I mean, I got – like if you see here, I don't want to put it too close. I don't want to give all the secrets away here. But we got like uh, – we got three and a half pages of notes. I mean, there is – you know, that that's a kind of a low day. A lot of days that, that this thing will be stacked – uh, to the gills that I kind of like to, you know, let this stuff play out over the weeks. But I thought that Cody Ford, uh, he had a tough rep today. Uh, it was uh, Justin Zimmer in one-on-ones early in practice. And I think that that showed, you know, the speed to get off of Justin Zimmer to just blow by Cody Ford. It's a tough matchup. I think from a, a pa- interior pass rusher perspective, Zimmer is on the higher end of quickness and athleticism. You know, I think that's the part of his game where he's really solid. So that matchup against Cody Ford, who's still working his way back, trying to get healthy, um, it's going to be a process. And I and I don't I don't think the expectations should be crazy right off the jump. I mean, it's good that he's he got here at the beginning of camp, being able to go in in the eleven on eleven teamwork and start to build from the ground up. We'll see what that means as preseason games go. I I would imagine that they'd still like to take that slow. I'd be interested to see Friday night how much Cody Ford plays. But it's good that we're at this stage and we're already talking about Cody Ford. Um, you know, we've seen him pretty predominantly at the right guard position at the two Saturday practices that we can talk about. Um, and so, you know, that's that's a place where I think he can get real, you know, comfortable at next to Daryl Williams, a guy who, you know, showcased how good he was a year ago. Yeah, and I think that's what it comes down to for Ford. Don't bounce him around. Don't play him at different positions. Stick him at right guard. Leave him there. Let him really work on his craft at that spot. You know, you just mentioned Daryl Williams by name. His last year in Carolina, they had him start on four of the different offensive line spots throughout the season, and he had the worst year of his career. And it should come as no surprise. If you're playing left tackle, right tackle, left guard, right guard, at some point during the season, how can you settle in and really get – Uh, strong at one specific spot you can't at the end of the day so if they really let Ford zero in on that right guard spot I think you could have a very productive season Uh, another name you mentioned there Matt Justin Zimmer it sounds like Justin Zimmer and Harrison Phillips had a good day today yeah yeah I'm sorry um I 
I don't know how to do this. If anybody does know how to do it, how you could turn like I have my eye I messages they come up on my on my computer screen here when we're doing this. And I just got a text from my wife and my my son's doing basketball camp this this week. And so he got home just now. And my wife said, so have you made any friends? And he said, yeah, I have one friend. I like to call him Tim Horton. And my wife goes, what do you mean? Why do you call him that? And Luca and my son goes, because he's really good at basketball. And she's like, what? He's like, you know, the really amazing basketball player, Tim Horton. And my wife goes, do you mean Michael Jordan? And he goes, oh, yeah. <laughs> you know. Listen, Tim Hortons has some great Timbits, my man. But come on, let's let's not let's not mess that up. And I know Ryan, you specifically, you will not be a fan uh, of missing messing up on, on Michael Jordan's name. That's right. Love Michael Jordan. Love Tim Horton too, a hockey player. And then obviously, I love the coffee at Tim Hortons. So yeah, that's awesome. You know, it, it's always funny to hear what what kids have to say and how they can sometimes mess up those names. So yeah, thank you so much for watching. A little bit of sidetrack there. Uh, Got the, the numbers popping here on this Tuesday afternoon. Kind of a weird time, 4 o'clock. Uh, I know everybody's probably wrapping up their work day, maybe even uh, getting ready for the commute home. We appreciate you spending some of your afternoon with us. We're going to bring you everything that I saw out at practice today. We're going to talk about Justin Zimmer in just a minute here. But before we do, make sure you hit that like button on the video. Let's get those likes up. we got the numbers going here. Uh, hit the subscribe button as well. You guys have been awesome. We're already well over 3,000. My goal is hopefully to get to 5,000 by the opener. I, it's ambitious, but that's how we are around here on the Shelf Football Podcast. We set goals and we, and we try to achieve them. And so, um, yeah, let's talk about Justin Zimmer because you talk about a guy that is, you know, achieving quite a bit of, um, you know, respect and, and I just think confidence in the room. Uh, this is a guy that went out last year and really performed at a high level and he's come in to training camp and, and he's fighting for his roster life. I mean, there's, there's not a lot of wiggle room on this defensive line. There's a lot of, of, of good players, solid players. And he came out today and he just, he won the matchups that, that he needs to win. And, you know, um, talk more about him in a minute. Uh, the, the injury report was embargoed until four 15. Uh, we can now talk about it. Zach Moss left camp today camp practice with a hamstring injury. And this is a significant update here that, you know, we're talking about this before the show, before we went online, how much of an issue is this moving forward? If Zach Moss continues to not be available, not be able to stay on the field. It could be a very big problem. Uh, he had some injury history at Utah. He had some injury issues last year. We don't know the severity of the hamstring injury, and I don't want to speculate on that, but maybe this is a move that, at least at the start of the season, maybe it helps a, a guy like Antonio Williams, someone we've talked about, get onto this roster. It, it might be something very minor that uh, he could be back within a week or two as well. So we don't know. There's still some uh, quite a few weeks until the regular season hits, but it, it's always concerning when you hear that one of your running backs, especially one that I think a lot of fans thought was going to be the number one running backs, quote unquote. I know the Bills said they're going to ride the hot hand, but I think some fans thought that Moss was in line to be the number one running back this year. This year, So for him to leave with hamstring injury, it's at least concerning until we have specifics on the severity. Yeah, I'm actually just tweeting it out right now, getting it out to the masses. Um, 
I think this is a, an opportunity, of course, for Matt Breida, because I think that he's somebody that the more chances he gets, the probably better off he's going to be, the better he'll look. But I also think it's an opportunity for Antonio Williams. I mean, the hamstring always scares you a little bit. And maybe the, this is something that was tweaked a little bit, and maybe he he went off to get treatment and, and felt it early on. We'll see how it progresses. But, you know, I see a comment here, AJ, over on YouTube, Williams greater than Moss. I don't know if I'd go that far at this stage, but you and me are both comfortably sitting on the Antonio Williams uh, hype train. I mean, I think we both believe in what he can do given an opportunity. And this is the kind of opportunity that a player like that, he has a good chance of going into the preseason for the first time and making it at least a little bit hard to not only cut him, but depending on what happens with Zach Moss, if he's back, that becomes an interesting conversation. Listen, they drafted Zach Moss in the third round. They're not cutting him. But what they're going to do to start the season at least and to get Antonio Williams some more looks, it becomes very interesting. It becomes extremely interesting. And I think, you know, maybe Antonio Williams is my player to watch on Friday night if I'm the Buffalo Bills or if I'm a Buffalo Bills fan. Because, again, we don't know how they're going to break up these reps. We don't know which starters are going to see the field. But if Singletary and Breida see the field, it might be the first quarter. And then I think the bulk of the game is going to be Antonio Williams. It's going to be fan favorite Christian Wade. It might even be Reggie Gilliam, who's listed as a fullback, getting some carries. But this, these are the opportunities. These are the showcases where Antonio Williams needs to step up and show what he can do, like he did in Week 17 against the Dolphins. Two touchdowns on the ground, 20-yard reception, show that he could do a little bit of both things. This is real competition. Now, it'll be some of Detroit's second and third stringers if he plays in quarters two, three, and four because they've gone on a record saying the starters are going to play the first quarter. But he can still get valuable reps, still put out some quality tape, and tell the Bills, listen, if you let me go, I don't think there's a way you're going to get me back on your practice squad. Some other team is going to look at that tape and say, boy, you know, we, we could use this guy. A, a team like the Rams, maybe, who lost Cam Akers. It's, the preseason is just getting started, so there's going to be some other injuries as well. It's going to be interesting to watch. Keep an eye on Antonio Williams on Friday night versus Detroit. Indeed. Let's get back to that defensive line because, it, you know, the, I mentioned at the top a couple of really good running plays. Uh, today for the Bills offense, uh, specifically Devin Singletary and Matt Breida. But I I have to say, even with those sprinkled in, I thought that the, if, if you take the, the whole body of work from practice today, the defensive line outplayed the offensive line. I, I think at this stage of where we are at in camp, listen, there's been like, you know, John Feliciano didn't practice yesterday. He returned today, didn't, didn't seem to play a ton in the team drills. I didn't notice Ed Oliver a lot in team drills. Now he's not on the team's injury report, but I did not see him out there during team. I saw Jerry Hughes, who big news there. He did return to practice today, uh, mixed in with the team in, in teamwork a little bit as well. But, you know, Deion Dawkins has not been there throughout all of training camp. And I, I think that that not having one of your top guys like Dawkins, uh, you know, a rest day yesterday for Morris, not having Feliciano. It's been easy to see this defensive front really having a lot of success. And today, I just think there was a couple times, Ryan, where they just were completely blowing the offensive line off right off the ball. I mean, they were, you know, the get off was there. The power was there. The speed, the quickness. There was one rep in particular where um, Josh Allen was in at quarterback. He hiked the ball. Or no, actually, it was Mitchell Trubisky. Uh, hiked, the, hiked the ball. Didn't even get back to the end of his drop before Starla Tulele, um, Harrison Phillips, Boogie Basham, and Greg Rousseau 
were all in the danger zone, in his mouth, in his face mask. And I, I think the whistle came in and blew the play dead. And, you know, there was one play where Rousseau had a sack, and I think that, you know, it could have been anybody on the defense that probably would have been in the mix there for the sack had it been a real game situation. When the Bills went back to pass, and you even saw it in teamwork later in practice, and we'll get to that in a, in a few minutes, Josh Allen's day, once they started passing the ball, went up tempo. This defense was affecting the quarterback, and that's a good sign as you, you start to get the games that actually start meaning something when you can actually hit someone. Yeah, that's huge. And again, uh, we heard from FAO body yesterday. He said he was looking forward to Friday against Detroit because it's going to be nice that he can actually hit someone if he gets the opportunity. And when the whistles blow like they did against Trubisky and Allen and, and anyone else that was in at quarterback, you know, uh, the defensive linemen have to stop right now. So I think they're going to really be, it's going to be a race to the quarterback, just like he said in his press conference. That's another thing to watch on Friday night. How does this pass rush look against the starting offensive line of the Detroit Lions? Can they pressure Jared Goff? Can they pressure the second, third string quarterbacks, get some sacks on the board, get off to a strong start? Real quick tie in the comments. You're right. Christian Wade was out again today. So very good chance he doesn't play on Friday either. So it might just be, the Antonio Williams show late in that game. Um, so just wanted to touch upon that real quick because I did see your comment. Yeah, it's encouraging, though. But at the same time, Matt, that goes back to my previous comment. Don't play Josh Allen. If your starting offensive line is missing any pieces, uh, if you feel like there's any – I don't see what the reason, I guess, to even start him at all this preseason. But if you're going to do it, do it in the last game. Do it for a series or two just to maybe knock any rust that you feel might be there against uh, the Green Bay and then kind of go from there. But we saw what happened last year, 4-0 to start the season. Offense was humming quite along. A we've seen it in the scrimmages. We've, we've seen it at some training camp practices. The offense is going to be fine with Josh Allen. Don't risk any kind of injury by putting him in front of a suspect offensive line if you're missing a Deion Dawkins uh, or anything like that this preseason. This year is too important. Uh, PJ, I see your comment uh, slash question over on YouTube. We will get to that in a moment. I think it's a fun one. I got it uh, flagged. Uh, we'll get to that as we move through the show. Uh, but another guy I want to highlight on the defensive line, Harrison Phillips. It's it, It's been a quiet camp for him. Um, you know, he put on all of that size. And I think where I think they envision him this year, his, 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 his main role is maybe in that backup one technique spot. I mean, he put on the size. We talked to Sean McDermott about it. You know, both Saturday practices, there was a ton of reps for him at that one technique, whether it be next to Justin Zimmer, Ed Oliver, Vernon Butler. It seemed like he was lining up over the center. And so we had that to go off of. But he's got the versatility. We know that. He can rush the passer. And I thought that there was a couple reps today where he was just really good. It started – in um, one-on-ones, he had a really good rep against, uh, let me find it here, Ike Bucker, who's had a tough couple days. Poor Ike. I don't want to keep picking on him. He had a stop in the backfield against Devin Singletary where he absolutely just – I don't know if it was him winning with his speed or Jameel Douglas just not being very good and whiffing on the block. But what, however it transpired, by the time I got to it, Phillips had blown by him and Douglas was completely on skates and, and out of the picture by then. And he and he met uh, Devin Singletary in the backfield for a, um, a tackle for a loss. A few plays later, Harrison Phillips, I think he was going one-on-one -on -one with, uh, I want to say it was maybe Jordan Devy. 
and he ended up getting into the backfield and sacking Josh Allen. So absolutely huge practice for Harrison Phillips, a confidence-building practice for him, and that's a really good sign because, listen, I I like Justin Zimmer as much as the next guy, and I I really think that in a perfect world, you find a roster spot for him. But what I think Harrison Phillips – offers you is that versatility that size at almost 310 pounds now to to put him in there and and let him take on double teams and we'll get a chance in these preseason games to see if he can do it at a high level but if he can i think that that really helps your defensive line oh absolutely and, and you know if that's what it comes down to in terms of harrison phillips uh versus uh justin zimmer you do have to consider the importance of having a backup one technique. Justin Zimmer's undersized. That would not be an ideal role for him. He, he you know, uh, he's athletic, he's fast, but he doesn't have that size. We've heard that Phillips is carrying, uh, he's about four pounds heavier, I believe is what he was said, but he's carrying it better. He's a little more muscular. We've seen some pictures uh, this offseason of him as well, and, and he does. He looks more stout. He looks like he, his lower body's stronger. He's someone that could push the pocket. Uh, Latulale is coming back. He's going to be key to this team, but he also had a year off. So it's going to be important early in that year to kind of split those reps up. If you can get Harrison Phillips in that lineup. Uh, So that's what kind of gives him the edge and the interior of that offensive line. If that's what it comes down to now, maybe it comes down to Harrison Phillips versus Vernon Butler. And that's a whole nother conversation to have. Maybe Zimmer sneaks on uh, just because of those athletic traits and what he brings. And the fact, you know, he said, I don't want to be remembered for one specific play. He wants to stick around. He's making plays in these one-on-ones. He's making plays uh, in the practices. So maybe his overall play gets him on this roster and it's not Harrison Phillips versus Justin Zimmer at the end of the day. But if it comes down to that, I can see why the Bills would lean Phillips because of, like you said, the versatility, the ability to take on multiple linemen. And and even if he had to move over and play a little bit, uh, he can do that. He's talented enough to do so. I'm going to pitch it back to you in a moment here, Ryan, to to get your uh, next topic du jour that we can dive into uh, from today's practice. But, you know, spend more time enjoying everything that summer has to offer. Less time worrying about getting to the store with Tops. Pick up and delivery. Shop for your groceries online. Choose pick up or delivery. Tops will bring you the groceries right to you. Visit topsmarkets.com to get started. Shout out to Tops, uh, the lovely sponsor of Shout Out Buffalo Bills football podcast. What's on your mind, Ryan? Let's talk tight ends, Matt. It seems like Dawson Knox has been a little bit of a punching bag uh, for some members of the fan base because of the drops. And listen, some drops have been brutal. There's no excusing them. They've been bad. But it sounds like he had a nice day today. It sounds like the free agent addition Jacob Hollister had a nice day today. So how about a little bit about the tight ends? Yeah, I thought this was the most complete practice for the for the for the room for the position group that tight end room. Uh, Dawson Knox, I think I had him at four catches throughout the day. Uh, I think he had a couple in the up tempo session that we can get into here in a moment uh, at the end of practice. But you know they just looked in sync with Josh Allen. Uh, Hollister made two catches. Sweeney made two catches. And for me, at this stage with that group, what do you want more than anything, Ryan Talbot? You want dependability. You want the plays that are there for them to make them to make it and, and move on. And it, like, there was no big time touchdown opportunities for Dawson Knox today, but I'm telling you, you get four targets, you make four catches. I write that down as a good practice for him. Um, I think that there's a, there's a belief in him in the room too, that, you know, he's a higher end um, run blocker that maybe he even gets credit for. And hearing John Feliciano talk about him, a guy that, 
he's not going to blow smoke for guys or, or hold anybody's water. He, he came out straight up and said, man, yeah, you're a pretty good blocker. And that's high praise coming from a guy that, you know, we saw in the playoffs last year, he wants to run the ball. And, and so I'll be interested to see how Dawson Knox comes out of the gates here. I think he can, I think we'll probably see some of him on, on, on Friday night, but I think we've, we'll get a, a really nice look at Jacob Hollister. We've saw, seen uh, on Saturday, he got some nice working with Mitch Trubisky. Maybe those two guys can get some uh, a rapport going here early. And, and that can mean good things for Jacob Hollister as he tries to, you know, carve out a spot for himself on the roster. And then, of course, you know, I'm probably giving Tommy Swede the lead right now if you're talking about that third tight end spot. But don't forget about, you know, you got to still talk about Reggie Gilliam in that kind of quasi-hybrid spot. And then, of course, Quentin Morris, who, you know, made some waves in rookie minicamp and, you know, from time to time has made a couple catches during training camp. Yeah, it's going to be great opportunities for all the players. You just mentioned Nate Becker as well uh, to, to kind of step up and show what they can do this preseason. But specifically with Knox and Hollister, I love what you said about making the most of the opportunities. This is a pass first offense. There's no denying that. But generally, the tight end is not the first or the second read. It's going to be Diggs. It's going to be Beasley, Gabriel Davis, Emmanuel Sanders. Uh, and, and then if, if those wide receivers are locked down, then you look to the tight end. So it's important for them to make the most of those opportunities. This is not Kansas City with with Travis Kells, who's going to get a, a heavy workload every week, or George Kittle in San Francisco. You're talking about some games where the tight end position overall, Hollister and Knox, might get only three to four targets overall. If they make those catches and gain those positive yards or move the chains, that's a win for this offense. Indeed. Um Let's talk about – let's get into uh, Josh Allen's day. I think that he had um, – wasn't a lot of work early on. They really, like I mentioned, really focused on the run game. Um, the last, I want to say, two segments is where they went a little bit up-tempo and we got a good look at um, you know the passing game. And I will say some defensive backs showing up and making plays. A pass breakup from Levi Wallace, a pass breakup from Taron Johnson. Uh, it was a nice ball from Allen to Gabriel Davis, but it was better coverage from Taron Johnson. I wrote – about both of those guys that, you know, I haven't spent a lot of time, you know, uh, breaking them down. They've been just solid throughout training camp, but that's a big deal. You want those two guys to be solid because you know, this, the, once you get into the season, you want to be able to rely on those guys. We, we saw how Taron Johnson struggled at the start last year, so much so that Cam Lewis ended up taking his job. Um, and then obviously he, he, he want, made his way back after Lewis was injured, had that great finish to the season, some big time plays that, Bills fans aren't soon to forget, but uh, no, Levi Wallace, really good. Uh, Taron Johnson, really good. Uh, I want to say Allen went five for eight uh, in, in the up-tempo period. Uh, one really good play to Emmanuel Sanders, and it looks like Emmanuel Sanders looks, he looked like he was moving well out there, which I think also is important as much as uh, the catch. There was a weird fumble. Allen uh, kind of rolled, uh, rolled out. Uh, I think it was maybe a broken play. And as he was rolling out, uh, trying to evade the pocket, he he fumbled the ball. Very rare mistake for him during uh, training camp. I know he's had a couple picks, but that was something. Knox catch, one of the four uh, that I mentioned. Um, did I have two here? Oh, no. I, it was just the one. The Taron Johnson play was intended for Emmanuel Sanders. Then the throw of the day. I'll give you three guesses, Ryan, but I think you're only going to need one. Who do you think was on the receiving end of the throw of the day? I'm going to go with uh, Jake Kumaro, fan Look favorite. Look at that. I gave you three. You only needed one 
touchdown Jesus himself. It was a, a, a really nice play. And, of course, I've, I've been talking up Taron Johnson. He was actually in coverage, but it's a mismatch there. Uh, Jake Kumaro is huge. He's, he's, he's a bigger body guy. Josh Allen, he went to one look, didn't like the read, saw, saw Jake uh, Kumaro uh, getting some separation there on Taron Johnson. And, and with the size, it's just all you have to do is put it out there. It was a really nice throw, though. Uh, I think I want to say about a 30-yard uh, completion. The next play, Joe Giles Harris. Remember those three names because he's a guy you're going to want to watch throughout training camp. Ryan, I've been really impressed with this guy going back to OTAs as a guy who I wrote about it today, always around the ball, and he's got a like a knack for making plays. He had an interception, I think, last week. He's had a couple pass breakups. This was a really athletic play where he had to move sideline side to sideline a little bit, like a, a couple yards, made a diving play to break up the pass. Really nice play uh, for Joe uh, Giles Harris. Yeah, Joe Giles Harris comes in and he was playing well at the end of last season. I, I'm interested to watch him on Friday night against Detroit and throughout the other two games this preseason. He is in line to claim one of those reserve linebacker spots. Um, there's a few opportunities to be had there. We've talked about a lot of the candidates. We've talked about Tyrell Adams, who is still uh, a little bit in danger. We've mentioned recently, we've talked about Tyrell Dotson. We know that AJ Klein isn't in line to be linebacker number three, but Joe Giles Harris could claim one of those two spots and he's, and he's flashing in practice, flashing at camp. So now it needs to carry over to the preseason. And if he does, there's a chance he makes his 53-man roster. I know you were talking about the offense, but it is promising to hear, Matt, that these secondary players are making some plays here and there. So Taron Johnson, Levi Wallace. We saw the video yesterday of Cam Phillips with the interception uh, going against Isaiah McKenzie. So we're starting to see these secondary players make some plays. We saw the interception that Micah Hyde made it on Saturday with uh, the throw to Stefan Diggs. So as much as the offense has been winning training camp, I guess is the way to put it, they are still flashing and making plays on defense, especially in that secondary. So promising sign here as we start getting closer to actual real live games of football. We're creeping up on 300, Ryan. Thank you to everybody watching live on YouTube right now. The numbers are absolutely massive. We appreciate you making par us part of your late workday here. Uh, make sure you smash that like button, hit the subscribe button. If you're, if you're uh, just here for the first time or, or haven't decided yet, I hope we've given you the kind of content that you want uh, notifications turned on for. That's the coolest thing about YouTube. I, I really like that feature. And I always check my phone to make sure that I'm getting the notification when we're going to go live. It usually gives you a heads up 30 minutes beforehand. And then once we actually go live, I like that feature uh, on YouTube. If you want to watch us on TV, if you want to watch us on your computer or your phone, it's always there for you. Let's get back to um, PJ's questions. Um, I'm going to put it up on the screen here, and I'll let you start off here, Ryan, as I read it. I know this will be hard to answer, but if there's an area of improvement where you can bring in a free agent, who would who would you bring in to help improve on the Bills right now? Uh, why don't you start us off? You know, that is a tough question because you look and – Zach Moss gets injured today. Um, we, we've talked about Christian Wade being having a shoulder injury, but the running back market's pretty barren right now. You're talking um, Le'Veon Bell. You're talking LaShawn McCoy, who's looking for a winning situation. Uh, there's some other veterans out there, too. Don't get me wrong. Some veterans that have actually put together some decent seasons. But knowing that I would really go there, wide receivers, too. 
too stacked. Uh, I'm actually having trouble, Matt, coming up with the name. Now, if you want me to go to the old Carolina pipeline, Kawan Short has been cleared. He's another, but he's another defensive lineman, Matt, and, and they're pretty stacked there. So I, I guess if something happens to this defensive line, I think you'd call a Kawan Short and bring him in, and he could pretty much come in from day one in and find a role with this team. It's kind of a cop-out answer just because of his experience with McDermott, with Eric Washington. Uh, but that's the first name that kind of pops in my head. What about you? I'm, I'm probably going to go to the offensive line. I think a big part of this is what I was already talking about with the fact that they've had some guys out. Uh, so maybe I've just been seeing a little bit too much of Caleb uh, Beninock and um, Tyler Gothier, uh, two guys that you know the Bills signed in recent days here that have come in and have looked like the true definition, no offense to the guys, but camp bodies, you know, the come in lower end guys, they're free agents for a reason. And they come in here. And I almost wonder if it's strategic on the bills part, you know, they got a lot of young defensive linemen that are in training camp and reps against guys like that could probably do a lot for your confidence. Jordan Debbie is a guy that they've, you know, invested a little bit in just in terms of time. He was here last year. They spent time developing him. I've been very underwhelmed with him so far in camp and another update, you know, I, I think it's, it's, I'm at the point now where I'm comfortable declaring practice squad as my expectation for Jack Anderson, the fifth round, uh, sixth round draft pick, I believe. Um, if I'm remembering back correctly, yeah, sixth round draft pick. Um, one of the reps that really caught my eye today uh, in team drills was Justin Zimmer against Jack Anderson. And I wrote about it and I, to, to this moment, I still don't know if it was Zimmer just absolutely winning or if it was Jack Anderson just absolutely losing, but it's, it's been a really tough go for him. And I just think that if I were the bills right now, you, you you've done that part of it where, you know, you got your young defensive lineman playing pretty well. They seem to be pretty confident. I'd like an uptick in the com competition level on the offensive line. I Forrest Lamp has been out. Uh, he was walking around with, uh, you know, that we mentioned on the show yesterday, this, uh, this uh, device that was maybe massaging his calf muscles or applying some type of treatment there. And so I'm not sure how long it's going to be till he gets out. And I know that, you know, the free agent market at this point, I mean, it's the free agent market at this point for a reason. So there's probably not a lot out there. So unless you're willing to make a trade, which I don't think the bills are, I think it's about getting healthy getting Deion Dawkins back, maybe getting Ike Bucker back to the level that he was playing at last year, and you'll start to see a little bit more competition at the at the point of attack. Yeah, those are great uh, points there. Bill's News Consolidated, I've seen you mention Brian Poole a few times. He was actually signed recently by the Saints, so he is not on the free agent market. Uh, I get the cornerback argument, but I almost think that at this point, coming up with the preseason approaching, I think that any veteran coming in would ha have a hard time winning the starting job. I think they're very comfortable with Levi Wallace, who right now seems to be in, in line for that role. Uh, I think they're very comfortable having Dane Jackson backing him up. So, you know, th there might be some veterans that are out there that they could bring in and then work in later on. But in terms of like week one or making an impact, I'm not sure there are any cornerbacks out there right now. Yeah, and I've, I think you could go back as we get the uh, – it's been a while since we got the uh, – the horn from Mr. Talbot who muted his microphone. Oh, I'm so disappointed that, that, that gave me some life there. 
But no, I think um, you go and look at uh, what the, the Eagles did giving uh, Steven Nelson a one-year contract, and it wasn't for crazy money. I, what was it, I think, two and a half million? You know, the Bills probably could have topped that if they – and that was more of a fit, I think, than maybe a C.J. Henderson, who's obviously – we talked about him in detail yesterday and why it's probably not a great uh, fit or uh, worth the Bills' time at this stage of training camp and the preseason about to start to bring in a guy like that that I think would need a lot of work to get up to speed and what the Bills want their cornerbacks to be. And I don't even know if he's got the traits – uh, to be effective immediately to make it worth it. So, yeah, I'm I'm off the, the the cornerback train. I think they've spent three seasons developing Cam Lewis, three seasons developing Levi Wallace. Um, they've spent a draft pick on Rashad Wild Goose, who um, I didn't notice as, as much yesterday, but I did see some other folks on the beat writing about Wild Goose in practice, liking some of the reps that he took, which is a big deal. Because I think he's going to get an opportunity to shine on special teams once his preseason games kick off. But if he's having some good reps at cornerback on the outside, I think that's pretty good. Um, so we'll see. We'll see how that goes. Yeah, uh, I'm interested again to watch the cornerback depth, see what they do have there. I, I think that the Bills can make can react based on what they see in the preseason. Now, keep in mind though, the first batch of roster cutdowns it's coming i believe it's uh the tuesday after this first preseason game matt where they have to trim it down by a few players uh correct me if i'm wrong there but i think they have to get down to about 85 a week Uh, from today and i can probably predict that caleb beninock is going to be one of those five players (laughs) i hope caleb is not watching the show man yeah i feel bad I'm, i'm piling up piling on but i i don't think he was ready to come into camp like you know I don't know if there was any off-season uh, injury, lingering issues, but I'm telling you, he's getting beat three, four, five, six times daily, and it's just – it's not a good look. And, you know, I, you could probably imagine some, where some of those looks are coming from, which makes it even more uh, interesting to, to think about. But, no, yeah, it's been a tough go for Ben and I. Yeah, and like you said, there's going to be a few players that I think you could kind of pick off based on how many players they have at certain positions. Um, there could be a – I'm not saying a surprise name, but maybe someone they want to sneak on the practice squad and maybe they release from the first batch of names to, to kind of keep that undercover. I'm not sure if they would do that or not, but there'll be a few names that are released here, and the Bills will be fine going into the second preseason game and so on and so forth. But Ben and name to watch then. Real quick on Henderson since his name was brought up. It's a major red flag when a when a first round pick from one year ago is supposedly on the market. There's got to be more to that story than what we know. Uh, some people are pointing out some of his tweets or some of the things that he liked and things like that, and as alarming. I don't know if there's more to that story or not, but there's it, it's odd when someone that was taken that high by a team, I know different regime, Urban Meyer, it's his first year there, but still you don't give up on talented players like that, that quickly, unless there's a reason to do so. Uh, I've seen some, uh, some, some defensive backfield action in the comments on YouTube right now. So, you know, let's get into it. Let's go through the depth chart here and talk about maybe some of our thoughts on that, that secondary piece. Obviously we know, uh, we've kind of covered cornerback pretty intently. Uh, I think Levi Levi Wallace is in the driver's seat to be that CB2 uh, after just the performance. But, you know, safety is interesting, Ryan. I mean, you got Jordan Poyer and Micah Hyde. I, I doubt we see them for maybe at all. But if we see him at all, probably a series or two uh, on Friday night. Uh, then it's, it's interesting. The Bills, I, I think the next guy 
if you were asking me, has been Jaquan Johnson. Uh, he's a guy that has spent years in the system. He's the most familiar. Uh, I think that when Dean Marlowe left and the Bills kind of letting him leave, I think that if they – I know he probably wanted a, a chance to start and that bit was baked into why he went to Detroit. But I think a, another part of it is that there is a confidence level in Jaquan Johnson to maybe get get more of a look now should Micah Hyde and Jordan Poyer not be able to play for any reason if they suffer an injury or or whatever the case may be. So I got Jaquan Johnson as the next guy up, and then it's going to be interesting. I think there's three guys there in the mix. DeMar Hamlin, who the Bills drafted in the sixth round this year. Tariq Thompson, number 40, who great observation in the comments. He has been all over highlight videos. He's a guy that – he's a real – playmaker and so is josh thomas the guy that was with the bills last year on the practice squad those two guys have been making plays throughout training camp so i think that fourth safety spot if you figure that jaquan johnson because of his role on special teams he's he's always brought up immediately by heath farwell you know getting down to that final safety is going to be interesting i agree with that uh jaquan johnson you know a lot of people forget that when he was first given a chance to play, I want to say it was a, a meaningless game. I want to say it was the Jets was were the opponents. He had an interception, but then it was ruled back because there was a really stupid penalty. Someone hit a blindside block, I believe, on the running back on that play. And I don't know why that's sticking in my memory so well, but he looked the part when he was on the field, and he played a pretty solid game that week. Uh, so I think that he's in line, like you said, for that number three spot. And I'm interested to watch the, the last one because if there is an undrafted free agent that's going to make this team, I think Tariq Thompson is in the driver's seat to be that guy from this year's undrafted free agent class. He has flashed. He has looked good at times. I think that if he doesn't, he's one of those players that are going to covet and try to get immediately onto that practice squad and hope that he clears, which there's a good chance he will. There's no actual NFL tape on him. He didn't get drafted this year uh, for a reason. There had to be a reason why teams didn't call his name. So, uh, but he's definitely in the mix and one of those players that's easy to root for based on the fact that he was overlooked for some reason in this year's draft. This was uh, another great edition of the post-camp um, practice podcast. We appreciate it. You go, whatever platform you're watching on Facebook, Twitter, or YouTube for joining our show. Uh, this is the Shout Buffalo Bills football podcast. Smash that like button. If you're watching on YouTube, hit your, hit the subscribe before you go. If you found us on Facebook, make sure you like our page, Buffalo Bills on NY Up. And we will be back tomorrow for the last practice before uh, we get to Detroit on Friday. Ryan and I are both going to be hitting the road, uh, heading up to, to Detroit, Michigan for the game against the Lions. Apparently, uh, their starters are expected to play. Uh, maybe probably more than what I would expect the Bills starters to play. But Sean McDermott did say today some starters will play this weekend. We'll hear from Sean tomorrow. We're brought to you by Tops Friendly Markets. Tops loves local. Tops is proud to partner with over 200 local growers to supply Tops with their freshest homegrown fruits and vegetables produced and picked this morning. Can be on your table tonight for Ryan Talbot. I am Matt Perino. See everybody tomorrow.